Hey, my name is Gavin, and I am the producer of Off the Notepad. In this first segment, we dive into the life of a man who is able to speak the native language of whoever they meet, and how a cup of coffee changes their whole life. That is all for me for now, and I will see you at the break. Hi guys, welcome to Off the Notepad. I'm Victoria D'Angelo. I'm Halika Campbell. We are creative writing majors at Linfield University, experts in our field. The best, most would say. <laughs> A lot has changed since episode one. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <clears throat> Anyways, um, this episode, we're starting with what will hopefully be a solid trend going to introduce a protagonist that we're going to hopefully run some prompts with. Does it sound like a plan? You can't respond to the audience. <laughs> it's a good try. Anyways. It's <laughs> such a professional podcast we run. <laughs> so I'm professional. So sorry. Okay. Don't be sorry. It's perfect. <laughs> so, protagonist, I'm hoping for a range. I don't know what stance you want to take. But we're going with the mad scientist archetype. Mm. So this ranges from the young boy genius to repressed 29-year-old wreck of a human being. Mm -hmm. um, typically, narratives usually punish this protagonist in like a more balanced sense. So it's like, oh, like Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You committed yeah. hubris, so I'm going to take your family away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the successes of this character often rely on their own intelligence. They try not to rely on other people. Good narratives will tell them to do it. Bad narratives will kill their entire family. <laughs> um, That's not stating any opinions. No, 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 no. I'm not saying anything, but also... <laughs> context clues. <laughs> um, fun little fact I've learned in my research of the mad scientist archetype we have a lot of characters who are the mad scientists, and their names typically start with V. Really? Yes. Lots of Vs. Lots of Victors. We need to calm down on the Victor front. You are not being subtle if you change the C to a K. Varian. Victor, but from Greek. <laughs> it's a good way I'm stopping myself now. Okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think this character... This protagonist, I'm going to go with the repressed 29-year-old wreck because I think they're funny. Okay. Because um, they lack the social skills that any other human being would have, but it's worse because they're 29. Sure, sure, sure. Like with the boy genius, it's cute that they're awkward, but with the 29-year-old, it's like, you're a disaster. <laughs> you need to talk. Get yourself together, you utter virgin. <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> when was the last time you went outside? <laughs> pull it together <laughs> just pale as all hell yes yes but yeah so that's my that's my plan with this protagonist okay cool all right so the prompt that i have brought in today goes and i do use you in here so oh that's me <laughs> since you were born You've had the power to speak to people in their native language with perfect fluency. It's been otherwise helpful in day-to-day -day life until today when you decided to try a little hole-in-the-wall coffee shop in your neighborhood. After asking for a house latte, you get a shocked look, followed by the barista pulling you into the back of the cafe and asking you to join them. Oh. 
Unfortunately, whenever I think of a coffee shop, I can only think of the prompt you had given me for creative writing. The is it okay to <laughs> spill coffee on my arch enemy in public when they can't do anything about it? So it's like my like knee-jerk reaction is enemies to lovers. Like, <laughs> join me as in join my scary cult, but also maybe hit me up on the weekends. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe make some time for me in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Little hearts. Um, that's I love these niche little prompts that are all about uh, helpful little abilities as opposed to greater ones. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of just like you can speak to anyone in their native language. Does that mean you can speak to animals? Um, I am at speak to people in their native language. So I imagine any person, mm-hmm. and it includes like sign language. This is right, totally is sign so, language. Oh yeah, yeah. You wouldn't believe this, but Victoria just mastered sign language right in front of me. Oh, gang <laughs> Definitely not. Not on our humble little podcast. Yeah, so like sign language and Morse code and Braille. Wow, so really any language. Yeah. That's interesting. All of those are available to you, and you walk up to this one person who's like, they know this language? What? Because mm-hmm. then it implies that this isn't a language there's obviously there's the obvious route it's an alien language it's a mm-hmm. language that no one else is supposed to know the barista is shape-shifting da, 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 da. or this is a language that the barista made up mm-hmm. like it's just one that they kind of know but maybe not one that they use all the time because then you could delve into some like real trauma with that like the barista made this language with the childhood best friend oh childhood yeah. best friend died because they always do <laughs> never have a childhood best friend never do that <laughs> It could also be, like, an extraordinarily old language, and this barista's, like, this otherly being who's lived for thousands of years. Oh my god, yes. I love the idea of an immortal barista. (laughs) It's like, you could have chosen, you clearly have the intelligence to be so much more, but you choose this coffee shop. I love that. You (laughs) chose your fate with the beans. (laughs) God, that's so good. I feel like this protagonist really fits well with the mad scientist archetype just because it's that idea of, well, I know all native languages, therefore I know basically everything. You can hide Mm -hmm. nothing from me. Yeah, and, like, this person probably used their fluency to, like, freaking read every science book in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, this is definitely, like, prodigy. I'm thinking, like, boy genius for this one. Mm. Like, 12-year-old, graduated college three times over embarrasses me with lack of college debt like it's insane um it's just it's also funny because imagining this 12 year old like needing caffeine <laughs> like acting like a full adult like yeah i'm gonna go to the the hipster coffee shop and i'm, I'm gonna, gonna get a latte I'm gonna get a latte <laughs> and i'm not going to ask for any sweetener it's like you go 12 year old but yeah definitely like arrogant ambitious boy genius for that one i feel yeah 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 Who's the them? Will you join us? Oh, that's the scary part. Because, again, my heart jumps to cult. Mm-hmm. It, there's no such thing as a join us that doesn't end with joining a cult, you know? <laughs> What's the cult? What if it's a resistance? That's, ooh, because then it could be a dystopian world. Mm. Maybe something is banned. Ooh. And maybe they use the language, like, among the resistance members. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Does this barista just ask, like, straight up, I want you to join us? Or do they have, like, a conversation 
where it ends with the barista going, you need to join our resistance. Because I feel like it's funnier if the barista is like, you need to join us now. <laughs> and the 12-year-old is like, huh? Yeah, absolutely. This barista could, like, just hear this language and they're... I imagine, like, this barista's, like, they hear this language that they're not expecting anyone else to speak, and they're like, what happened? How did you get away? How, where, why do you, how, where did you learn this language? Something right. like that. That'd be a really good plot hook into, like, a larger plot. Mm-hmm. A larger plot? <laughs> a larger plot where the, um, like, the 12-year-old doesn't know about this resistance, doesn't know about this secret revolution. Maybe it's a matter that, like, the government is handling secretly. Mm. So it's like when the immoral barista hears this, it's like, oh, my God, you escaped. That's amazing. And the 12-year-old is like, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and I have five degrees. <laughs> Could be very, um, is it boy wonder? Like. What if immortality was something that was completely normal at one point, and then the government's like, mm, no. We need to take down this immortal race. That would be interesting, too. Because then it's like, do we discriminate against those with longer lifespans? That's bizarre. That's strange. Why would you do that? Do we not now discriminate against old people? <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Have I, uh, I've told you guys about the car accident, my car accident. I was hit by a car at the ripe age of 16. Oh, it was an old woman no. who happened to live next door. Oh, no. It was a green Prius. Yeah, so since then, I've developed this hatred for old women. Oh. That's why it was awful for you to say that. It says, like, <laughs> routinely, Halika Campbell is ageist and hates old women. <laughs> you reminded me, yes, my bad. No. I just lost face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, it... it would not surprise me at all if we had a uh, immortal someone or another who gets a throne or uh, some sort of leadership position and they're there for a long fucking time and you have these mortal people who just kind of go along with it and then they're like why are we going along with this bullshit just because he's immortal yeah so then they ooh, they change hands that would be interesting so then it's a revolution within a revolution yeah. Because then you have that moral area of like, well, who's right? Like, we're all just yeah. oppressing each other. At the end of the day, is a revolution really a revolution or just a movement? Yeah. And that's where things get so scary. Yeah. I just, I love this like innocent boy genius in the middle of it all. Like, started out his day, just wanted some coffee. <laughs> and now he's being asked to join the fight with these immortal beings. Join a revolution. And you could have, like, the cliche of, um, he's never gotten along with anyone his age, so of course his only friends are a bunch of immortal baristas. I like to think they're a cult and they work in different coffee shops. <laughs> I would love if he's, like, this is this is kind of tropey, but, like, he'd be on the government side at first. Oh, he'd absolutely. Be like, Immortals? What the fuck? Like, that sounds fake, and also you should go to jail. <clears throat> But he'd be like this smart ass, stick up his ass kid, be like, yeah, but I'm going to go along with it because I can bring you guys to the police. Right. Or he's interested in. Ooh, he's interested. He wants to dissect one of them. He definitely wants to dissect one of them. If he's like unhinged 12 year old boy. <laughs> oh, God. Or if he's just like, I can capitalize on both. I can get the information these immortals have, then reap off the um, success of turning them in. So he's going to get the best of both worlds. But unfortunately for the 12-year-old boy, this is a narrative. And that <laughs> means you have to connect with the other people in the plot. He ends up liking the immortals and doesn't want to turn them in. 
But maybe he already has a government contact. Then comes the betrayal. Comes the betrayal. God. And then he uses his boy genius powers to break him out of jail. Oh yeah, yeah. And then ooh, because then you could end the story in like a number of ways. But instinctively, I would think like, oh, he frees them, but they're not going to forgive him because he's just oh. proven them right again. So they're going to leave. Oh. They're just going to disappear off the face of the earth. My heart. I'd be so sad for this twelve. What's up, producer man? And then wait, I'm so sorry. And then Never he's mind, producer man. and then he's gonna spend the rest of his childhood and all up into his adulthood until he's the 29 year old um, <laughs> who, like, yes. who is Repressed still searching, Rick? who's still searching for his friends. Oh, I love him. Yes, producer man. Yes, producer man. So you went with the direction that I was gonna bring it, just like because <clears throat> the like the other cast members of this story are immortal. Like, you could play around with, like, this boy genius getting older. Oh, yeah, and seeing what that does to him. Because that would be a great sequel book, I feel. Like, the first book is all about boy genius is struggling with, like, I want to turn them in, but I don't want to turn them in, and, like, coming to that end. And then second book is repressed 29-year-old Wreck is trying to find the immortal so he can properly apologize. Mm -hmm. That would be so sad. That would break my heart. I want one of the characters in this narrative, it doesn't even have to be boy genius, but I want one of the characters to be terrified of death. Like, to have a legitimate phobia of death and go up to these immortals and be like, how can I become like you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be, like, our secondary protagonist, I feel. Yeah. He's, like, super paranoid. He's maybe relied on the boy genius to pull them through. Mm -hmm. And just comes to this point where they're like, I don't want to die. And I want to stop relying on my friends to keep me living. Mm-hmm. That would also be heartbreaking. Because then what if the immortals end up really liking the secondary protagonists and take them with them? Oh. So Boy Genius loses two big parts of his life in yeah. one go. Yeah. Does that character have to die before the end of the narrative? Ooh. I feel like there's, there's a couple different options. Like they either have to die, they have to become immortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they have to reconcile their fear of death. And still want to live among the immortals. What if they became immortal and then died? <laughs> Ooh, like just got uh, shot right through. That'd be sad. Mm-hmm. Or to become immortal, you have to die. Oh. oh! So then reconciling that fear of death and not dying. And <laughs> becoming immortal. And be- So you oh. could hit all three. Even like focusing on a protagonist like that would be interesting. A yeah. character who has over- they've overcome their fear <coughs> of death. They've become immortal. But what happens now? Because I feel like that's the end of a good character arc. Yeah. So then who are you after that point? I mean, until now, our our definition of this character, the only thing to define them has been they are terrified of death. So as soon as death is taken off the table, they're kind of two-dimensional now. Mm -hmm. Because now they can't die. Like, I know there's that urge to, like, go, well, now that they can't die, they're doing everything that could have gotten them killed. But it's like, nah, you still have that urge to not die. Yeah. So Especially like, so soon into immortalhood. Mm-hmm. So then does this character become more bold? They become a barista. They become a barista. <laughs> it's the most dangerous life choice of all. <laughs> That'll be our ad roll for today. Barista insurance. <laughs> Death by coffee happens more than you think. (laughs) Keep an eye out for your loved ones. (laughs) Invest today.
Yes, we are sponsored. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, God, I was going to say something, but I can't remember what. I almost want them to be bored. Like, now that they don't have that fear of death, they're not, like, more bold. They're not more daring. They're the same person they were before. They're just not scared of death now. And they don't know what to do with that. Because mm-hmm. then that's where their character arc could pick up in the sequel book. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now they have to decide what their purpose is. Yeah. Okay. Have we exhausted this one? Do we want to move on to another one? Sure. I hope you all enjoyed that first segment as much as I have. In this next segment, we see a businessman depressed from his day-to-day life and how an inheritance allows him to experience life anew. Sally, okay. Do you want to introduce your protagonist? Sure. Let's see. Let's do... So, my protagonist is a businessman who hates his job and has no social life. Victoria, that's my favorite protagonist in the entire world. Did you know that? (laughs) Did you know that I, Halika Campbell, have a firm belief that by the age 27, every man should be dead inside (laughs) and, like, hate his job and be miserable? Because I think that's the best kind of person you can be at age 27. Have you seen the original release for... I'm so sorry, this is off topic. Have you seen the original release for what Deku was supposed to be? Yes, yes! (laughs) Yeah. So that yes, no, it's exactly, it's exactly. <laughs> <sighs> no, like male characters who are absolutely miserable in their late twenties and early thirties are my favorite. I think yeah. they make for great protagonists because you can either make them happy or make them even more miserable, mm-hmm. and you can't go wrong with either option. Yeah. So I'm very excited to give you this prompt. <laughs> okay. Okay. A world-renowned inventor leaves his fortune in the hands of a complete and total stranger, a protagonist. Their final request being only that the stranger must complete their life's work. So, I have three options for their life's work. Okay. The idea is that these are relatively impossible tasks. Okay. So the first is cross-species communication. Ooh. So stick-up-ass businessman, hates his job, (laughs) gets this fortune and is told he must communicate with animals. Or plants. I was really hoping for plants somehow. Well, my first thought is the guy would say, no, fuck that. Exactly. It's like, who in their right mind? Like, I'm miserable with my job, but not that miserable. He would quit his job. He would quit his job as soon as he confirmed it was real. Yeah. So I feel like he'd be hounded by, um, like, inheritors. You know, I could actually see it going like this. So... He gets a message, whatever, says, here's my fortune. He's like, okay, that's fake. But then he confirms it, sees it, quits his job, starts doing these really uh, expensive, fun things, finds out he gets bored. And then he's like, okay, I guess I'll take a look into this life work since I'm bored. Ooh. And then do you think he, like, takes up an interest in it? it he could. Yeah, because I feel like he could either Or he finds a love interest at a marine park. I'm going to propose something that should not be proposed. His love interest is a dolphin. (laughs) That's right. Cross-species communication goes both ways. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to need a warning tagline on that. (laughs) I didn't say that. A warning tag for bestiality? (laughs) Maybe just a little. (laughs) Please don't... We're going to put a quick pause. Please don't submit stories with bestiality. (laughs) Camus. I know you can come up with some great reason as to how that is space and sharing space, 
I'm gonna ask you not to, as a friend, <laughs> as a fellow, a fellow writer. Don't do that to me, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Um, <laughs> would it be a romantic story like moving, to hopefully human, love <laughs> interest? Like, would it grow into a romantic comedy then? Because it's like it's this man, businessman, who's like. I always imagine him not being good with animals at all. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he's, like, dropping the ball with this research as soon as he gets into it. He doesn't know what he's doing. Everything, every creature seems to hate him. Oh, yeah. So maybe his love interest is, like, a fellow, uh, maybe, like, a veterinarian he goes to, and he's like, can you please tell me how I cannot scare these animals? Yeah. But then, like, would that be acceptable to have a romantic plot line in? It'd be, like, classic rom-com. You think so? I feel the yeah. same way. Yeah, yeah. I could see him, like, going to... I keep thinking marine park. He goes to a marine park, and he's, like, yelling at the animals and can't get them to talk back to him, and he runs into uh, a dolphin handler or something oh, who's yeah. cuddling with her dolphin. Oh and she's laughing at him because he's so hopeless. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Yeah, because then we'd be going with, like, the very typical... Um, set up the shut-off man, the very happy-go-lucky woman who's, yeah. like, gotten along with everyone her entire life. Yeah. She just doesn't have as much uh, wealth as he might. Because then that, like, begs the question, well, what if we didn't have that typical female lead? What if it was a woman who was very closed off and also bad with animals? <laughs> like, yes, she's a dolphin handler, but the dolphins aren't very fond of her. <laughs> so then it becomes this conversation of, you work with dolphins, right? You can teach me how to talk to them? No. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I can't even feed them. <laughs> they spit the heads back out at me. They actually, like, hate me. They somehow learned how to speak and told me that. <laughs> this woman actually can speak to them. They just hate her. They just hate her and they let her know. Oh, no. Because then it could be, like, this romantic story between two very awkward adults, like, trying to just make life work for them neither were super happy in their original jobs and they've kind of like come together under very bizarre circumstances mm -hmm. so i think it could be like a very engaging screenplay mm -hmm. don't cast adam sandler in that i will sue <laughs> why is he the person <laughs> i was thinking of it's always adam sandler with like the hot blonde bimbo <laughs> or worse the hot blonde milf it's like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna need Ted Langs for um the end MILF mention. I'm so sorry. I cannot apologize enough. Please don't not sponsor us. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh, but I have two other um two other life works if you want to hear those. And okay. See if that changes our dolphin trainer romantic storyline. Yes, please. it probably will. Okay. So the second one is very sci-fi interdimensional travel Ooh. so i saw a couple of examples online where people were like because uh, this prompt is derived off of a couple of different ones some of these prompts were like oh the inventor leaves behind a mysteriously empty doorway in his attic and once the project is working the doorway lights up but you don't know where it leads mm. so it's like that idea of um oh god just wandering into different dimensions so, obviously, you would have to set up what does another dimension look like. So, what if this businessman, he gets his notification, he's like, fuck that, then he gets confirmation, he quits his job, does all this fun stuff, mm -hmm. and then he gets contacted. 
by mm. the people who were in contact with the scientist before he died. Because the scientist was also like, hey, I'm giving my fortune to this guy. Right. Go talk to him. And these people were like, hey, we need you to test out this stuff. We need you to... That would be really cool, especially because even if we take out the part where he's like speed running being alive yeah. at age 27 or however old he is, um, doing all the flights to Hawaii and what have you, like just taking that part out, maybe businessman is just like thrown into this. Like they tell him, we need you now. Yeah. Um, almost kidnapping him because I feel like it's very forced. God, please kidnap him. Oh, yeah. He's kidnapped. <laughs> he's been kidnapped. He doesn't know where he is. He's terrified. We've given you X amount of time to go be a playboy and now you're going into this other dimension. And go be a playboy he, there. No, they like put him in a suit. It doesn't fit him. He's confused. Um, but also, he's a little too okay with the idea that he might die. <laughs> he's a little done with life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting if we were talking about this in the terms of, like, another dimension is another timeline. So it's Ooh. like he gets he goes into this other dimension, and he's, like, about to prove it's real. And then he realizes that he's more successful in this other oh, timeline. Oh, he's so successful. He's, he's happy. So he has a wife yes. and kids. Yeah, because, you know, what? I don't think he's successful profit-wise. He can't be. No. Like, he starts off as grumpy businessman. Like, he has to see happy family man. Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's rough. It's like, it's a little, it's a little cliche. Mm. But, like, talking about how capitalism sucks the life out of you. Yeah, I'm yeah, always yeah. down for that. Yeah. I make space for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then what does he do? Like, does he just accept that he's just happier there and he's going to leave that timeline alone? Or is he going to take that for himself? Oh, he's going to try and take that man's place. Oh, he has to. He has to. So then we're talking grumpy businessman and alternate universe happy, not businessman. What 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 is this businessman willing to do to take the happy man's place? Like are we thinking kidnapping or are we thinking murder? I don't hmm. What if he tries kidnapping and it doesn't work? Oh yeah. And, and then he... it escalates to murder. I like that. Because I like that it there's an implication that he gets into a fight. With his AU self, where his AU self is like, you chose business over this? Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, did you not watch all of the Disney movies growing up? <laughs> like, what do you mean you chose business? What do you mean you're unhappy? Like, you should have just been me. You should have just made all the right choices, God. Like, because you know what? I like the implication that AU not businessman is more of an ass than regular businessman. Like, um, he hasn't been humbled by the grind. He mm -hmm. hasn't been, like... His ego is out of check. Like, it is awful. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, like, he is the shittier person. Yeah. But I don't know if I can see Grumpy Businessman being pushed to murder. He just seems so tired. I could see him hitting the man. Oh, yeah. Blunt force trauma. It could be an accidental murder. Yeah. Oh, and then he has to, like, take up this life. And then get sucked out when all these scientists are like, okay, enough of that world. <laughs> I like the idea that he has to, um, like, there's a button he has to push to go back. Mm. And the scientists are, like, constantly, like, in communications. Oh. are like, hey, like, it's so cool that you made it. And now it's time to come back. Because then it's like, well, grumpy businessman doesn't want to do that. He has choice. And he has money. And that's not a great combination. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you think, because we're talking about him assimilating into this new life, do you think he does it well? No. 
He can't, right? Like, the man has no experience being a family man. He doesn't know what that means. No, this man doesn't know how to be a wife. He doesn't know how to be a dad. Wife. <laughs> he doesn't know how to be a wife, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> the version got hitched to another man. Like, this man doesn't know how to be a husband. He doesn't know how to be a dad to his kids. Like... He's the most that he knows is probably what he's seen on television, which is bad examples. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think he tries like all the cliches, totally weirds his spouse out. Because I think you could play the spouse to be a gay man, and that would be really interesting if they're a gay couple. Because then it leads to this. Question, he gets them flowers, and they're allergic. Sorry. Oh yeah, they're allergic. Makes them dinner. They're allergic. <laughs> like it's it's so bad. Doesn't know where the, the kid is allergic. Is. That's even worse, especially depending oh. on how old the kid is. Yeah. Because again, if it's a like if it's a straight couple and they're married, then it's like you don't know your own child. Like your child has been raised with us. If it's an adopted child, that becomes a whole different issue. Because then it's like it just looks so bad, and they're yeah. a gay couple too. So it's like I don't know. Neighborhood women speak. It's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, so like playing on the stresses of married life while also trying to fit into a life that you don't deserve because you never earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to fill a space you don't necessarily fit in oh all great ideas that should be submitted to camus by december 17th please submit please i'm begging <laughs> you don't understand we need submissions <laughs> i am once again asking you as a friend <laughs> we need them like we need to breathe air like please please i'm dying would you believe that i'm dying they're holding a gun to my head <laughs> we're not supposed to say that but they really are <laughs> Listen, we need results. <sighs> no, look, look there. There's one submission. Don't shoot. Oh, <laughs> amazing. We've had to start faking submissions. <laughs> kill us. If you're interested in seeing next week's episode, please consider submitting. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to Off the Notepad. Um, episode two. Episode two. <laughs> Uh, we had a lot of fun. Don't forget to submit to Camus. The submissions close December 17th. Oh, yeah, and we have a lot of fun events. Yeah! <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that was from our events planner. That's how excited we are. <laughs> no, really, we've got some great things planned. We'll see you there. Um, if I don't see you there, I will take legal action. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.